This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. It's me, Jordan Cruciola, coming at you with Christmas spirit, with holiday cheer. And it's me, Amanda Smith. Also feeling very jingly. I don't know. Is <laughs> yeah, that a... I, I didn't want to put Christmas spirit on you. No, no, no. I I don't have the Christmas spirit, but not because I'm Jewish, just because <laughs> of like personal reasons at the moment related to <laughs> working retail at Christmas. Right. Um, but I do I do have more of the Christmas spirit having now watched Christmas Twister. Really? Christmas? Crim- what what does that title card say? Christ- Christum's Christum's Twister. Christum's Twister, according to the movie's own title card. Really, like when I say that I had I sat bolt upright, had to pause and briefly was like, am I having a stroke? Yeah, because it's just like your brain fixes it for you. Like you're like Christmas. But then you're like, no, those aren't the Christmas letters. Yeah, that's not in the correct order. And but surely even the lowest budget film would have one proofreader. One and proofreader. Yet, especially like for a movie that is Christmas in name only, truly. No, um, there's decorations. It is to not even get the name correct. Yeah. Is a real abdication of Christmas promises for a Christmas twister. To be fair, in the defense of Christmas twister, it was originally called F6 Twister. Oh, it was not originally because okay. as we see by the end of the movie, there is an F6 tornado. So the original intent was not necessarily to make it a Christmas movie, but it somehow became a Christmas movie. And while we don't have an oral history of this film yet, I have to assume it's coming. It is. I you kind of. You can't. In a post twister world, you can't give us something that you're like, this is an F5. This is an F6. And not have it take up the entirety of the frame. Like, in no way does the scale of the culminating twister in this movie match up to, even if it was bad effects, in no way does the scale of it match up to when you see that F5 at the end of Twister and you're like, that is taking up the entire state of Oklahoma. Like, that is a gargantuan act of god you look at this and you're like yeah big tornado like you it shouldn't be perceivable almost as a tornado yeah no it's you're gonna be like it's an f6 like it should basically look like a hurricane sized thing that you can just see coming at you yeah, and while we did, Aaron did clarify for us that doesn't nec- it's since it's wind speed, it doesn't it's necessarily intensity, correlate to yeah. size. But because we are simple Americans, mm-hmm. it should correlate to size. It I should. agree, and also just because, like, for a pure spectacle of, which I will say, the other tornadoes in this movie felt very effective. Mm-hmm. It was specifically the F six where I was like, really, her egg. It, it, it did not feel like we had built up to that tornado. It felt like. 
that could have been any tornado in the movie. Yeah, well, so we see we see some so much great destruction earlier in the film. Casper Van Dien's films do not they do not spare a dime on like making sure the set is fully destroyed. And I uh-huh. respect I respect that production level for it. But yeah, like we saw earlier in the film a train be thrown through the air. Yeah. And so in the end when we just see like what there was there were some shipping cartoon some shipping co- containers that get hurled at the back. We're just newsman. we, we it was, see... I wanted buildings being sent flo- I wanted a building to be sent like a like a javelin yeah. directly at people. It was just like we see like a building being when the big one arrives cuz this is a they're in Texas. Yeah. Uh we have a tornado guy, tornado scientist in Casper Van Dien in an unhappy marriage with his local meteorologist wife. Um, and they have two kids, one of which is Haley Lou fucking Richardson giving a performance. She, her crying was yeah. great. She is doing great crying. This movie was 2012. So it's 10 years before now, which means Haley was probably 16 or 17 when she made this mm-hmm. looking every bit exactly the same as she does now. She is very small. And this was her first feature length thing this is one of her first screen credits this is her first feature length thing i first encountered Haley Lou richardson had never uh heard of her obviously but in the 2015 movie the one time i gotta go to the sundance film festival the 2015 movie the bronze it was the opening night movie at that sundance and it is an extremely uh like r-rated crude humor comedy starring i forget her, melissa roush the little blonde from big yeah. bang theory yeah uh starring her as a washed up competitive gymnast oh my god i remember that movie yes yeah like, yeah. like it didn't it was a duplass presentation thomas yep. middleditch is in it um melissa roush and Haley lee richardson plays because this is she's like a pill addict, Melissa Roush, who's cat living in her dad's basement, cashing in on like still what little is left of the fumes of being a bronze finisher in the Olympics when she was little. And she's an addict. She's an asshole. And she becomes the trainer for this town's next great hope gymnast, who is little Haley Lee Richardson. And so imagine my surprise. When I found out, I was, and like, you know, Haley Richardson famously right now just was in White Lotus season two. Mm-hmm. She broke out, I would say, on a wide, in a wider way, in a sort of like more recognizable way with Edge of 17. This is a, tr- it is such a treat to get one of those true origin point movies for a star. Yeah. This is and one of those ones where you get this- to see her doing way more than the part requires. Yeah. And, but without, but looking fairly effortless at it. And also in this movie, a little drop-in from the actress. She's credited as Madeline Deutsch. Uh, this was 10 years ago, so she would have been about 20, I think. She's, I think, 30 now. Uh, she is the, since nepotism children are in the air, she <laughs> is the daughter of, the daughter who is not Zoe Deutsch, of Lily, of Leah Thompson and Donnie Deutsch. Oh my God, director and producer. Zoe Deutsch. 
is Leah Thompson's daughter. That's why she looks exactly like her. Yes. That's why she looks exactly <laughs> like her. And Maddie actually, Madeline Joyce actually looks exactly like their dad. They're like split between the two of them. Zoe, Zoe is her mom and Maddie is their dad for sure. Oh um, my God. So yes, that is, that is, they, they took their dad's name. That is the that is the sister to Zoe Deutsch. If you just saw something from Tiffany's net from Netflix rom com star Zoe Deutsch, mm-hmm. wow. Vampire Academy leading woman Zoe Deutsch, uh, movie didn't get the respect it deserved. But yeah, so this is a this movie is is a fun who's who of who's yeah oh and, a perfect description yeah it's a who's who of who's and. They, again, meteorologist dad, a meteorologist mom, t- tornado guy dad. He predicts that he's the he's the guy who believes in climate change. Yes, and which I do want to call out. By the way, as soon as I, like that, I was like, wow, the bad, the villain of this movie is truly climate change. This is the second Casper Van Dien film where he has basically played an eco advocate. Yeah, I wonder if that's like. I think that he is. I wonder if that's I kind think, of his thing, like, I think or at it least is. like a part of his thing, because that's pretty. It is not a Hallmark, like no. a Kevin Sorbo movie. No. Or a Dean Kane movie is not going to go out of its way to be like climate change. And it's very- And like, certainly not 10 years ago. Like no. this is, that's the other thing. This isn't like yeah. recent, at least, you know, with with Hurricane Heist, when we have, you know, Toby Ke- Keebler being like- Toby Kebble. Toby Kebble, sorry. <laughs> I'm never going to get that name right. Toby, Toby Kebble being like, it, it's climate change. That was in 2018, and like, sure, it's buzzy now, but this is 2012. This yeah. is much before that. And then also with with uh, Fire Twister, remember mm-hmm. they were he was playing a a almost borderline eco terrorist in in Fire Twister because they were going to that. They remember they they suspended the banner from yeah. that thing from the the container, and that's when the Fire Twister started. That's so true. I couldn't find anything about Casper Van Dien's politics, <laughs> but I tried. But it's really hard when he starred in a very when his biggest starring film was a very political movie. Yeah. Um, to get anybody to, to find anything out about his politics and not just about the politics of Starship Troopers. Yeah. So I did the next best thing. And I looked at Grace's um, his daughter, Grace's Twitter account to see who she follows. Oh, OK. And Grace is super fucking leftist. Oh, yeah. Like Grace is wonderful. Bernie Sanders, AOC, TSA, every every acronym you could think of. Yeah. So Grace is super leftist. So I have to assume since this starts in the home and she is close with her father, that her dad probably aligns is more of an MSNBC liberal. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I think that her dad probably is watching Rachel Maddow along with my parents like that sort of the way that the next generation gets a little bit more radical than the past. I have. I think it, that's it where he falls. And like you know, the counter to that is like she could be reacting too. But, but again, so if he's seen in movies like this, yeah, like you said, and in 2012, yeah, kind of. And like he's such the, he's kind of one of these stars where like you want to get Casper Van Dien for this kind of movie. And so I feel like if Casper Van Dien is like it's going to be like this, you're like sure is Mr. Van Dien. You're yeah. Like, but what if my character really like is really backing climate change. They're like, sure, we can write four lines of dialogue that make that true for you. Like hundred percent. Right. I, that's why I, this man does not, this man does not walk onto a set and say lines. He doesn't believe. 
I just I don't I, I think for that, the kinds of movies he, yes, he doesn't for the have capital to, he has for the kinds in of movies level. he makes he doesn't have to that's right like 2012 a made for tv movie is essentially the equivalent of tom cruise walking into an indie film it's true it's he, he's true. cast he's the he's the tom cruise of made for tv disaster movies the man gets to say what he wants and I he just, sure, yeah. surely it like and we what we know about you know people who are either hardline one way or the other the, the i doubt somebody who was more of a sorbo type yeah would want at all for that namby pamby climate change bullshit to come out of his mouth oh yeah there's no world in which he would be saying anything. he yeah so the the counterpoint to casper van dean in this film is logan the evil meteorologist who yeah. very clearly wants to fuck casper van dean's wife and like yeah within seconds of meeting this couple we learn that logan is a major point of contention in their marriage yes and like and mom's like he, considering a job out of state yeah he would have to move again yeah and like every single time that they talk the husband and wife are very clearly like every dialogue is about their past and about like the grudges they hold against each other and it's yeah. all very fraught they can't they talk like, like they are all like they have a couple phone conversations they sound like they are already divorced yeah and splitting custody yeah, there's nothing. I had about to remind myself they functional. were still married multiple times in the movie. Yeah, sleeping in the same bed. Yeah, sleep in the same bed. Wake up to to, to phone calls about tornadoes, and immediately start talking about past transgressions. It's yeah. just it's <laughs> yeah. every single time these two talk, it's like the third act of a drama about like a dissolving marriage. Yeah, um, until they until he saves her, at which point everything is solved. But. Logan, the evil, the evil meteorologist is he's the one who he's the the Sorbo character. Climate change, just because your husband has these radical theories like he is everyone. And it's set in Texas. So it actually makes in terms of like believability, in terms of reality index that he and then the the producer of the news both are just so dismissive of climate change and the possibility of danger from anything that could possibly be predicted. Perfect. No notes. Believe it 100%. Yeah. And they're like, so they're like, of course, the day starts with Casper and his team, including Maddie Deutsch, uh, observing a supercell. A supercell is forming, which means there's going to be a whole bunch of tornadoes today. Yeah. Because that is what happens in Twister movies. Like when I say Twister, I mean like Jan DeBont Twister movies, movies Mm -hmm. inspired by. Yes. Um, And so, well, it's going to be a bunch of them. And so, you know, sure enough, chains of tornadoes are, and he's calling his wife at the station. She's picking up while she is sitting at her anchor desk. It's like, well, that is a bit surprising. People are like, is she on her phone? And it is very weird. But he's like, you have to warn people. You have, you are the news. You have to tell people like that this is coming. And she, we keep getting allusions to like, remember what happened last time when you did this? What happened in Chicago? Yeah, he's like, yeah, we got Chicago. I live with that. I I regret it every day. It's like, I feel like you probably don't have to. Like, I feel like no one died. Like, it it doesn't seem like it was a false alarm. And those are a big deal. But like, so he he's, you know, there's a sort of quackification of him with this notion of like, you did this last time and it was wrong. So we can never believe you again. Climate change clearly isn't real. You, You and climate change lied. So but of course, he's right today. Yeah. And a weird thing about this movie is just how low stakes all of the tornadoes feel yeah well yeah it's 
I, the best, honestly, the most dramatic tornado moment is the opening of the movie. It's the cold open, yeah. The cold open, which I thought was going to give us some di- some disaster trauma that would later on be like I was that. waiting for I a was mom con- to get snatched up and pulled into the storm. Thought the dad holding the dad holding the door shut was going to go like Helen Hunt's dad and twist her. Yeah, I said it out loud and I was yeah. wrong. Yeah, no, in fa- yeah. This is a legit disaster for the opening. Normally the deaths aren't that dramatic. Wait, no one dies was in my notes as I was watching. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is a really dramatic death. And then no one died. Yeah, and- it just it's calm. And then people just walk out from the storm shelter. Yeah. And you're like, oh, OK, yeah. but well, tornado what, alley, man. But what they do is they do a great job of set dressing for every post disaster. Yeah, they and that's the thing. We don't ever see active destruction, really. Yeah, we just. Cut in after the calm has arrived and every and it's and it's it's chaos. Yeah. It's which, just like, well, that mall got fucked. Which I liked. I actually really liked how abundantly how they made like I felt like there was a strong abundance of disaster in this film. Mm-hmm. I did not feel like we got two disasters and then I was like, well, OK, now we just got to fill a bunch of time. And then there was enough debris and chaos. A lot of debris. A lot of debris. They. The way that they, I mean, there was a mattress lying somewhere in the middle of the main street. Like they really, <laughs> it wasn't just a couple of things. It was fully, it looked like the plane crash from War of the Worlds. Every and in the, it, which, you this know. This movie does, does a shocking, shocking two things at the same time. That is true. Right. And the immediate danger that it puts the. the Absolutely nothing. There's none. There's like, none. It is, it is incredible. To watch, because, like, Haley's playing hooky. Haley's going to the mall with her friend for the day, driving her Ford Bronco. Yep. And Haley goes to the mall. Mall get hits, gets hit by... The the boy she has a crush on gets taken by the tornado. That, that was, was amazing. amazing. That yeah. was outstanding. But um, it, and, like, not just gets taken by the tornado. Gets taken by the tornado because they have locked the doors to the mall, yes. as one does in an emergency, because you don't want the tornado <laughs> to get in. And... Haley Lou Richardson just stands there screaming, somebody let him in. Yeah. And while he's, he's holding on to yeah. the door handles as it's pulling his body away. And there was plenty of time for her to walk up and unlock those mall doors. So much she did time. not. So much time. But yeah, her, uh, the boy she liked, there's only two deaths in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And one is the boy she liked, and the other is Logan, the bad meteorologist. I have thoughts on why those things. Oh, only two three then, because that cameraman definitely died. Too. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't count him. Well, I mean, he talked and everything. He wasn't yeah, I know, just but he was, invisible cameraman. He was collateral. Like we knew that he was gonna. He was. We knew he was gonna die. But honestly, I don't think anybody in that studio remembered that he died. I think everybody in that studio was mourning the death of Logan. Oh, one hundred percent guilty about Logan and no one. And then like four days later, like shit, we got to call Stu's wife. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, it like the mall gets hit. Haley alone emerges mm-hmm. from where everyone is sheltered as though it is the day after it's 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 the day after the apocalypse. There's no one left. They she, sent the teenager to go check. It wasn't that Haley emerges. They're like, we have to check to see if it's yeah. safe now. And they sent a teenager. They sent a they sent a probably high school junior. Yeah. And so Haley's walking around the mall and she finds a girl who like she's like <laughs> It's very sweet. She's like trying to, you know, she's like saving a life. She's like, can you be brave for me? It's like, Haley, you are the same age as this girl. Oh, my God. I know. This is not a nine-year-old. This is a teenager entirely like yourself. So she's like, it it wants you to think she's like pulling her from rubble, but she's just like 
on the ground and and, and her leg hurts and she's got like a light abrasion Haley, like like you know puts puts like a pressure wrap around the wound so as she says so it doesn't get infected mm, yes and she's trying to clear her from danger and the danger is a single sign and not even like a sign the size of like if the fucking target sign outside <laughs> fell on you. Like that would be bad news if like that big yeah. illuminated target sign fell on you. When it hits, because like of course they just barely get out of the of way. Course, yes. And it's not even like they only have one direction to flee. They could simply take two steps in any direction and be safe. Yeah. And when it hits the ground, it's like, is that just a is is that just a stretched canvas? Like the way it hits the ground is like if this had hit both of them, they would be totally fine. Like yeah. it is, the it, it, it is looks like a light object. They do not add dramatic foley to make it sound like a lead weight just hit the ground. It is so little the danger, and then later on, there <laughs> in the when the news station gets hit. So, like she our our wife needs a, our wife meteorologist needs a cb to get in touch with her yes, husband she has sent somebody to go look for it because she won't do it herself but it's fine <laughs> to send the send the very very like the nine months pregnant yeah who assistant. She is, we earlier see her be like you need to stay off your feet why are you still not on maternity leave like you yeah. shouldn't be working like she gives her this whole lecture about you shouldn't be working right now but that and woman then gets- she gets sent to the sub sub basement. Did you see what basement level they were on? Because you can see it <laughs> no. in the background. So as as wife of as as wife of Casper Van Dien is going down all the steps to go find the uh, pregnant assistant, she was on basement B three. <laughs> That's and where I would posit there is nowhere, which is apparently is. where storage is. I would posit there is nowhere safer to be in the event of a tornado. But it was extremely dangerous for her to be in B3, apparently. Yes, she had gone down so many goddamn flights of stairs. It was comical. And and so, like, there's the moment where, like, (laughs) we have to set this up because it's, like, there's been a long gap between the mall tornado. Yeah. And and then I was kind of like, is this movie about to end after we just, like, walked people out of a mall? Like, that's kind of all that happened. It's a bright, sunny day outside. And then the the station, well, the big in the big in is gonna go for the the TV station, yeah. and that's where arrogant reporter goes on the roof, like the guy who's you know wants to fuck Casper Van Dien's wife. He goes to a power station, doesn't he? He's he on the go, uh, was oh, he, he on, the, on the roof? No, okay, he, yeah, they drove to a different location. He goes to a power station because I was right. expecting there to be like some good power station chaos. And instead, we just got that one scene of him on the roof at the power station. Yeah, and he just like people are like like looking at the monitor with this tornado behind him and everyone's like oh my god oh my god and it's like sir turn around yeah just like you know it's there that's why you're reporting from where you are so he turns around and sees it and like it's clearly making its way toward them the most preventable death he straight up stands there and just watches watches a tornado approach then watches a giant shipping container get pitched over toward him and it crashes him and he dies and then like Everybody stands there for like a while. And then finally, finally, someone's like the, you know, our white meteorologist wife's like, go to commercial. And then after walking around the station for a while, finally goes to some other part of the building where her staff is not. And she's like, everyone in the storm cellar. Then nobody seems to have told the people in the control room to go to the storm cellar. They decide we go back to them later. They separately evacuate later. 
oh, fuck, we better go downstairs. So then they go to the storm cellar. Then wife meteorologist is like, where's pregnant assistant? And the producer's like, she went to find you that CB. And so now everybody, I guess, has gone to the storm cellar. We have our wife meteorologist chasing down the pregnant assistant who's in the third basement. Yes. To find her a CB. And she gets down there and she finds her. <laughs> she finds her. Stricken. Yeah. <laughs> wounded. And her, she has injured her leg by being trapped again under rubble. And uh, being like, trapped and under say, rubble is the number like being lightly trapped under rubble is the is, number one danger in a tornado. When she is like when she's like like it gives us even a wide shot. There is not a I mean, I was wondering, I was like, is this really this woman really actually super pregnant? Because there is not an object physically touching her body to hold her to the floor she is <laughs> under like something has fallen against a wall yeah. she is just in a lean-to underneath objects that have tipped over and we don't know why we don't know why they've tipped over we just know that she gets down to the basement fine but by the time she gets down there the basement has been so rocked by this tornado that has hit the station that the basement is fucked yeah. in this one room so then she like she lifts a, a an IKEA shelf that yeah. is next to this woman and the woman inches herself back to get out from not under it but under it because yep. it was never touching her. And then she like then wife meteorologist lifts up the pregnant woman and they're trying to get out through this like service hallway, this like utility hallway and it's like filling with smoke and the woman's like I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Like we, I, 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 if I don't get off, if I don't get air, I'm going to pass out. It's like, bitch, you don't have, why are you stopping? Like you don't have a choice right now. Standing still is not going to save you. Yes. Like, why are you insisting on no longer moving? It was very unclear on why exactly she couldn't breathe. There was just no. sort of a mysterious gas in the sub basement. Ultimately, my feeling like it was a weird because the first half of this movie fucking moves. Like by the time yeah. that we the first 53 minutes of this movie move fast and then everything once the mall sequence is done mm -hmm. is the slowest, most boring shit in the world. And it, it really was is such a like, pivot of like from exciting and like not exciting, but like, yeah, this is a decent this is a decent tornado movie to. Oh, God. And it it just it's like they're like, oh, shit, we've got like two days left and we've got to get this whole finale, it seems like. Yeah. So whatever, man. And then like it I laugh out loud when because Casper Van Dien, obviously Casper and, and Haley rush to the station to yes. save mom and they like. You know, our our pregnant media, our our meteorologist wife and pregnant woman are like just walking a big hallway, and it's our it's an arduous journey. And then at a certain point, they just sit down, and yeah. you start kind of thinking like, are they trapped down here? And then later, like minutes later, Casper and Haley come running down the hall, and they're like, "Mom, mom!" And you're like, "Are they going to have to break through something to get?" They run up unobstructed. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they're just and the and the wife and the and the pregnant woman are just laying flat on the ground. A totally like unconscious. Flat it's on like, her back, arms yeah. at her sides, straight in the face pointed straight in the air, just stiff as a board. And they yeah. come running up. It's like, wait, so all they had to do was keep going down that hall. Yes. That, the they only just had thing to keep they moving. had to do was just keep going down the hall. And not even that far. Like right. that's and there was um, nothing in their way. 
it, no, they just couldn't. Uh, they just stopped being able to breathe. It's a pretty normal, normal thing <laughs> yeah. in tornadoes. You know, the pressure drops so much that your lungs can't fill up. There it is. That's what it is. It's just science, which is why when Casper Van Dien gives mouth to mouth to the pregnant woman, mm-hmm. it just takes one round. He just yeah. does five pumps on the chest. He breathes into her mouth once and then she's back because he, it's like um, holding down the start button on your computer to do a hard reset. Yeah. Same thing. So fortunately, everyone was fine. I did like that the the dramatic rescue at the end was really just showing up. Casper Van Dien has never done less in a movie to save people. Yeah, no, he, he basically just wakes a woman up. Yeah, and walks his wife out from the mall. He, oh, he saves he does save his son. He saves his son, who like is fine. Like he just he shows him up and just pulls him out from under something. Yeah, there isn't like. But there isn't like anything that gets in his way to get to his son. He just goes right. into the mall and finds some under things. There's no, there's no obstacle ever in Casper's way to Correct. getting who he needs to get. And then he basically just carries them out. Yeah. Like there is it's very undramatic how Casper Van D De- he's basically just retrieving people in this movie. Yeah, he is showing up after the fact to then, you know, it's very tuxedo man like. My work here is done, but you did nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, I I didn't mind that because that the alternative was getting a bunch of, like, Casper Van Dien fighting tornadoes that yeah. wouldn't have been effect. Like, But, yeah, it, it's weird. The, the entire premise of this movie being that, like, first, he pulls his son out of school. Yeah. Because that, to him, is safer. His son not going being in the storm shelter, his son being in the car with him during a major tornado outbreak yeah. is safer than being in the secured school that has an emergency plan. Yeah. So he pulls his son out of school. Then they go to collect his daughter from the mall, which, again, has a storm shelter that she's safe in. Mm-hmm. And then he has to drive to collect his wife, yeah. who is in what he has already said is one of the more secure buildings in the town. Yeah. So what he's established this. Yeah. So his it's weird because of the fact that it's sort of like he's trying to pick everyone up, but it's not as if there's going to be an impending more disaster. It's not like he needs to get everybody before the hurricane hits. Yeah. It's tornadoes like the storm systems are right there. Tornadoes are going to happen. Your safest option is to shelter in place. Instead, you he has decided to take to the roads. That take to being, the roads. That being said. I have no qualms with that because. No. It's Casper Van Dien. What am I going to do? Tell him not to go out in a tornado? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But it was, it was a, the pacing and the, there we, we did not get Casper Van Dien in a tornado. We did not get Casper no. Van Dien re- racing away from one to get into a storm shelter. Nope. He really is showing up pretty much in every single one of these situations after the fact. Oh yeah. He's, he is showing up after disaster. Yeah. Which is definitely odd. It, it's odd. It was odd. The movie narr- was it odd. is narratively strange. And it like no one's trying to stop the tornadoes. Correct. No one is trying to figure out the tornadoes. Well, he does have it. He has his team back at the lab who is in their own little weird subplot randomly. Yeah. yeah anyway. The, uh, the, so, the, suddenly a love story. Yeah. The kiss at the end was uh, was like, oh, OK, is this going to be a workplace harassment subplot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, other than the team at the end or the, t- the team back at the office who is like talking about, you know, wind speeds and such and talking about, you know, and actually looking at the diagrams and seeing things, he doesn't even do a ton of 
No. Meteorology. Nope. This is truly just the story of a man That's who it. is making poor decisions during emergencies. They don't discover, like, like in Twister, like, yeah. they're trying to learn something the entire time. Like, Joe is trying to get the sensors into the cyclone because she wants to create a better prediction model. And this is just like, nope, I know what's going on. I know what this means. And I'm going to show up after a bunch of tornadoes. Like, it is interesting. Yeah. Because for as typical of a tornado disaster movie as this is, it is quite odd in many ways, actually. Yeah, yeah. The The idea that... um It's sort of the, the idea that there is a... You know, when we have these different genres, like these sort of different sub-stories of these movies, and there's always like the the there's the big one of like you have to save the you have to save the whole town yeah and then there's the smaller ones the you know the greenland where it's just like oh a man has to save his family yeah and this movie is a the a man has to save his family movie but what he's saving them from is not necessarily something he needs to save them from nope so instead he just keeps on showing up after the fact yeah. And then being like, I was a hero. He's more Which, the maintenance guy. Yeah. Like, he, he just, he's the he's the the Uber that shows up after, you know, it, after his daughter has survived a traumatic experience. Like, it's just, it's a very odd structure for the film. But also because Casper Van Dien is so good at kind of so hustling. Charming. He's so charming. Like, it works because of that. Like, every time that you see him show up and, you know, rasp out what needs to be done, you're like, yeah. Yeah, you are. I never hero. doubted his competence. Yeah, sure. Honestly, not. until you brought this up, it didn't even occur to me particularly that yeah, he doesn't really do anything in this movie. <laughs> because I was like, no. no, he's Casper Van Diening. Like he's he's rasping around and like, but no, he doesn't do anything. No, nope. he he. I'm not sure how much of this movie he showed up for for filming. Yeah, it yeah. kind of feels like. Well, it's like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween Kills. Yeah, we're gonna film her in the hospital over a couple of days, guys. That's how long you got. Yeah, that's how long got- you got. We had we had a couple of different we had a few scenes with him, but like there were very prolonged sequences. Pretty much everything involving the wife in the third act was oh, just yeah. the wife, which like she kind of is more the main character than he is. And yeah. he's resolving more things while the disasters are happening than he's just kind of going to and fro. Yeah. And he relays information to her, but she like she becomes like the leader figure at that station, the extremely Texan producer woman who oh my only God. believes in ratings and then She's like, you know, has a quiet moment at a dressing where she's like, that guy dying, evil meteorologist dying on the roof was my fault. And it's kind of like, I mean, it was. Yeah. And, and wife meteorologist is like, no, it's like, yeah, you were responsible. Like you're you were the person in charge. You've been the presiding authority this whole time. I have given you all the information I possibly can to let you know how dangerous the situation is. And you've taken none of it seriously. So, yeah, you're a little bit culpable for that man being dead. Yeah. But also I. An unexpectedly long sequence of mourning. So we long. I was like, there's still a tornado coming. Yeah. Is there not? They, I can't tell you if that scene took two minutes or 17, but it it, I can so tell you how long. long it felt. Yeah. It was so much emotional depth in a movie that did not require it. I know. I did not need, I did not need or expect that character to realize and process all of the mistakes she had made in her life (laughs) on screen in real time which made it a real like so when casper like gets to the station 
picks up his wife from the floor of the basement and walks her out, performs chest compressions on a pregnant woman, after which she's completely fine. Yes. And they all walk out together. Like that producer woman, like gives him a big hug and like people are high fiving Gasper Van Dien. And it's like, are, do you all know each other? Like, is, (laughs) oh no. No, he has never met her colleagues. I'm saying he's Absolutely never met not. her colleagues. He's and it was never all met like, her colleagues. Hey guy. <laughs> yeah. It was very collegial. Yeah, no, no. There's no world in which um she has brought him to the station in a very long time. <laughs> oh yeah. Because they're I mean, like I said, they are convincingly divorced. Yeah. Until the moment that he saves her life and their whole marriage is fixed. And then they cannot Stop. Oh my God. Each other in front, in of, their front of their children. Like, a, I mean, cannot stop. Like, not even just. They are. It is date night. <laughs> yeah. It is sensual kissing. It is. It was making me yeah. so uncomfortable because, like, you know, they're having to, like, they're clearly filming coverage of, like, the kids watching them make out. Yeah. So it's like they're having to like at first be like, ew. And then like, oh, like regarding their parents lovingly. It's like you just had to stand there and watch Casper Van Dien make out with this woman. How many times? In multiple locations. It's because like they yeah, make because out, it's not they just make out one place. The studio, and then they're making out at their house. They make out at, at the studio. They make yeah. out at the grill when he's yeah. doing Christmas barbecue. And then when they sit down again to eat, they're making out at the fucking table with their and kids. And tongue, you guys. Like, you can it's see. It's so I... uncomfortable. It's that kind of making out where there's no one else around, yeah. even if there are other people around. I mean, it is. I very fully believed that those two were in. Like, the, the most believable part of this movie was, yeah, those two are gonna fuck. It was but... so, it was like, get the fuck out of here. These I, are your I, children. Children. If I ever saw either of my, like, if I ever, I don't think I've ever in my life seen both of my parents' tongues at the same time, <laughs> let alone seen both of my parents' tongues at the same time in each other's mouths. If oh, I I've, did. I walked in on my parents. It's terrible. <gasps> yeah. Oh, it's a terrible thing. Oh, no. It's absolutely no, horrible. Just not a thing you need. But uh, walking in on your parents is a very distinct kind of like childhood trauma. Yeah. Like it's a category of like, yeah. oh, no. Your parents just sitting across the table from you, tongue and down, like, yeah, like two that, high school like, students. That really wasn't supposed to happen. Like I wasn't, they were, they yeah. were in their rooms. It wasn't like they, oh my God, I came home early. They're on the, ca- no, they were in their bedrooms. I walked in unannounced. Like, oh mm-hmm. no, this is them just in front of their kids, just like yeah. supposed to be in front of their kids in an area where their kids don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> like, yeah, they're having a family dinner and, or, <laughs> and their kids are just like, oh, mom and dad. Look <laughs> at them. Dad's got a boner. Like that's the level of, that is the level of uncomfortable closeness that is happening here. It is I, just. And I love, like, because we're like with the family again, I love that the dog is named Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> God, right. The way- <laughs> yeah, there's as a sub note, a- apparently the family got home and the dog was missing and then the dog returns. Like it is very much. And there is a reunion with the dog. Like yeah. we have spent so much time caring for this dog. This dog saved I no lives. I had a dog. And the dog comes running up in the backyard <laughs> and the kid is just, the little boy is just like, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, Ashley the, dog. the sudden dog <laughs> and we care so much and like 
the little boy picks up Ashley. Uh-huh. And then, then the next thing we know, we're at the table. Like they're eating their Christmas barbecue. Mm-hmm. And dad clearly did not make those patties himself. And then his parents just start making out again. It's like, okay, like fucking yeah. enough of this. It was, it was a lot. It was the first time that they kiss. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, that is passionate. Then yeah. And like when it just keeps happening. And then he like, he like, first, this like, is a the- movie that does have like three endings, like Lord of the Rings. Yes. Like you keep thinking the movie's going to end and then we keep getting more happy. And I think it's just so Casper Van, like, I don't know what his marital status was at the time. I hope that it was happy and healthy because he certainly seems to be getting a lot of these sequences in with this woman. And it like, it's and, like, you know, like the way it is just so funny how their marriage suddenly turns on a dime. And 100% it fixes like, everything. They're making out by, like, they're making out at the station. They're making out by the car. He puts her in the car. He buckles her seatbelt for mm-hmm. her. Like, it, it, it's just like the amount of uncomfortable intimacy that happens in the last seven minutes of this movie is yeah. very the- bizarre. The, the loving, we made it. We certainly did. We but certainly guys, did. It has been a day. A day. That. Your this house- morning, she was ready to take a job in New York fucking city. Like, let's wait. Like, at the end of the sequence, we see their house has been significantly damaged from the tornado. And all I could think was, like, can you guys wait till you get through the, con- like, hiring the contractors? Because you two are certainly going to fight over yeah. everything involving this housing remodel. Yeah, like, once yeah. you're just glad the other is alive... Yeah. Guess what? Wherever you go, there you are. Like uh, we've made it. No, you haven't. No, no. This I is can the assure start you of a haven't. long and terrible road of the two of you just holding grudges against each other about surviving this tornado. The making out was it was just it, it was so out of step with everything else we had seen in the movie to that point. It was yes. ridiculous. It was very. It was just unexpected. From a movie yeah. that prior to that, like I thought maybe we'd get like a hug and a work yeah. on things. Like, I'm so I thought I'd get like an I'm sorry out of it and like a yeah. anything. No, no I do live in went, the middle of a of a te- like after one kiss and before another, she's like, I never slept with Logan, you know. It was right. like, oh wow, okay, we'll just throw that in there, huh? Yeah, no, she well, she had to finally clarify that. After, yeah. I mean, granted. It, they had clarified she definitely i would assume have had said that multiple times in other arguments oh for sure but now that he's dead he can <laughs> casper van Dien's character can believe her yeah because yeah. it because if it happened before it at least can't happen again. yeah it's never happening again he and won. He, i was about to say he won the tornado he won the tornado which the tornado what? decided who was worthy and who wasn't and guess <laughs> and you what, know who Logan? wasn't that boy that Haley lou richardson liked uh-huh. I have we can again. kind of know. It's like, wow, he must have been like a predator or something. Cause that tornado was like, you're not getting near this girl. That, that Brian was not allowed any he, he again. I have never I didn't know that you could you were supposed to lock mall doors in the case of an emergency, <laughs> but the mall was like absolutely not Brian. Yeah, the no. mall and the tornado judged Brian accordingly, yeah. and I believe them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, teenage boys are terrible. Like, let's yeah. start with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also liked in that whole sequence how Haley Lou Richardson's friend um, was just like, let him go. He's gone now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. he, he was a classmate to both of you. This is an extreme, like, <laughs> Haley, but Haley Lou Richardson is sobbing. Like, she is giving yeah. a performance. She is. And her friend is just like, hey, 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 we have to go. <laughs> her friend who, I'm going to call it uh, her friend who, let's say, has a crush on Haley. 
and is like, well, that's one distraction out of the way. Uh, Sure. She, we can go with that reading. I mean, she was very much the, like, she was very much the stock sort of best friend character who just exists to go to go the other girl on to (laughs) make poor decisions. And Haley um, Richardson is so small. I'm sure that girl is like on the taller side too, but could she also so just be tall five five. To. And next yeah. to Haley Lou Richardson, looked like six feet tall. Yeah, no, it's there's there. I went to a, a semi formal with a friend of mine, and who's like five ten. And if you just see the photos of the two of us, it just I looks like that. yeah. I, I mean, the height differential was just spectacular, and. It, even that comparatively, we looked relatively the same height compared to <laughs> Haley Lou Richardson with this girl who played her friend. It's it's like seeing it's like seeing Jenna Ortega next to Gwendolyn Christie. Oh my god. <laughs> You'd have to do forced perspective to get them in the same frame. I mean, they they were they, I, to me it's the greatest feat of visual achievement in the show Wednesday is how yeah. often they're in the same frame. And it's they like make they did, it work. Well, it's like they did the reverse of what they did in Lord of the Rings, where they to make the hobbits look small. They, <laughs> yeah. To make what to make Jenna Ortega look like a normal height, they had to do all sorts of like special optical effects to get her into sequences so that she didn't look like she was three apples high. They should have just had her. They really should have just had her on Gwendolyn Christie's back the entire time. Like if they were in a scene together, Gwendolyn should have been holding Jenna in some way. Oh yeah, yeah, carrying her in a little in a little. Um, like baby carrier, <laughs> yeah. a Bjorn, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wrap her up, put her in a snuggie or whatever. Yeah, I think they got along very well. I think they, I think they both would have been very into that idea. It would have been I, very. I adorable. do think that if anybody, if anybody positioned to Gwendolyn Christie, would you be willing to do this? She a hundred percent would do that with Jenna Ortega. I think so. Just yeah. based on what I've been observing from the media, I I absolutely yeah. believe that. Okay, couples costume for them for next year. Um, from the hangover just the zach galifianakis character and yep. the baby yeah that's and ortega it. with the big sunglasses like uh-huh. whole thing. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the big sunglasses yeah yeah completely you could do it with Haley Lee richardson as, as oh, well yeah uh, yes really it's she, too bad that casper van dean didn't put his oldest daughter in this movie in a bjorn and run around with her to ensure her safety that would have been the best way to protect Haley Lou Richardson from a tornado <laughs> would have been if she had been strapped to Casper Van Dien's body physically. Even though now we know that this tornado had her best interests in mind. Yeah. Well, this tornado was, was never taking Haley Lou Richardson. No, no, no. It was, it was a, this, this tornado was like, Hey, you're going to need a good college essay. Let me help you out, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk right about now the you're time. just a spoiled little 17 year old, 16 year old yeah. girl. Let's talk about the time that you saved an entire mall. Yeah. Because from semi danger. Well, the tornado went right down the main alley of that mall. Like it did. You get again great post disaster mess and chaos. It looked like that that, mall... produ- that art team, that production design mm-hmm. team, they were on the ball. Yeah, if if you've ever been to Los Angeles, um, that mall looked like the West Side Pavilion in the last few days of the West Side Pavilion. <laughs> oh, poor West Side Pavilion. I know. Rest in peace, West Side Pavilion. It, the the mall that should not have had it had done to it what was done to it should have been you beverly center should have been you it should have been you you're living on borrowed time beverly center god so bleak the beverly center (laughs) i feel bad ripping on the beverly center because there's a part of me that still associates it like as the primary mall from my childhood yeah but it is it has fallen it is that is not what it is it's a sad story it is it's sort of it's the it's truly the like sunset boulevard of malls (laughs) Yeah, there is yeah. there is a, a ghost of yeah. a of a once regal woman 
Yeah, it, it's not, that, that is the Beverly Center. Yeah. It's, she, it's not, she it's not is the store Nor- that Beverly got, Center is Norma Desmond. It, yeah, it's, it, it's exactly, it is the Norma Desmond of malls. And like across, <laughs> it, it, down to the point of like, right down the street, there's a younger, prettier mall. Yeah. The Grove, which is its <laughs> own Grove. special hellscape, but you know. Um, but yeah, this, I, it is weird because I enjoyed this movie, but I don't know if I would ever watch it again. Yeah. Because the last half of the movie, like I would maybe watch up till the mall ends and be like, well, that was a good movie. Turn it off. Well, yeah. I mean, it feels like when the mall resolves, it yeah. feels like the movie's done. Yeah. Especially because like we even have that second little denouement of like the sun. So the sun as a weird. So the sun has been um, is been grounded specifically for not listening to his parents. Yeah. And going places that he's not supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And so when Casper Van Dien has taken him from school, has driven him to the mall then tells his son to stay in the car, which is not what you should do in the case of a tornado. Um, Casper Van Dien tells his son to stay in the car while he goes to save his daughter. He comes back, they come back to the car and the son is gone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, but at least this is like the end of the movie. So, but like, of course the son, they have to go rescue the son now. Yeah. And then it turned out that the son who is like seven had gone to save a catatonic girl's grandfather. (laughs) Yes, it, literally. It was a level of heroism one did not see coming <laughs> from that child. No, not at no. all. Maybe an unnecessary level of heroism. I think say. so. But I did like that. That meant that we got a another instance of somebody being just lightly trapped underneath debris. Yeah, this movie, again, just mostly finding people, not so much saving people. Yeah, finding and then pulling. Yeah, yeah. and Casper does that well. He's great at it. Great at yanking someone by their arms. Do you feel like we have arrived at what this movie is really about? I do. But first, I want to put in a brief message. Yes. Guys, did you know? I don't know if you heard this. Might have mentioned it once or twice. Might might have. We got merch. We got merch. We have Disaster Girls t-shirts, Disaster Girls hoodies, Disaster Girls hats. We've got disaster stuff that says Disaster Diva on it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Should you choose to have the moniker? We've got Disaster Diva gear. We have, um, and of course, the the first round of Disaster Diva Saint stickers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Saints and and gear like mugs and stuff. There's tons of things, and it looks really good. It's I've great got, stuff. It's good stuff, Jordan. I can't wait for you to get home so I can give you yours. I know. I I look forward to posting photos of myself in my hat. I that the hat was specifically because I was like, shit, I gotta get Jordan a hat. I've, Jordan I've gotta a have hat. a hat. Yes, Jordan loves a hat. I want a so, hat and I want a, a hat and a mug are my top two. Well, surprise, Jordan, you're getting both. <laughs> and a t-shirt to boot. Look at that. Outfitted. Meanwhile, I am doing all of my work from home while fully wearing a beanie and a hoodie with my podcast on it. <laughs> that's just what you do. Like, it's great stuff. But yeah, it's it's all good stuff. Uh, check out disastergirls.myshopify.com for all of your Disaster Girls needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so Jordan, what do you think this movie was really about? I I think this is this is a movie about. I'm gonna just I'm gonna localize in on that. You know what? No, actually, I'm not. I'm gonna like. I feel like this is a movie about you. Like, it's not just enough to like sh- to show up sometimes. Like, you you okay. gotta. It's about more than just doing the bare minimum. 
Like, because de- like the, the character, the movie tricked us into thinking that disaster, disaster icon Casper Van Dien was more of a hero than he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not really. Like, he's a man of science. He believes in climate change. Yeah. That does not make him extraordinary. That makes him what he should be doing. Yes. Like, a scientist who believes in science, that's exactly what it should be doing. Like, I'm not saying he should have been able to stop these tornadoes. You can't. I'm not right. saying he could have. I'm not even saying, like, God, how could how dare you not get there? But, like, in time, because, hey, man, that's not really up to him. But, like you said, he just kind of keeps making kind of wrong decisions, it seems. Like, taking his kid out of school, even though the sheltering in place seems like the better choice. And, like, when Haley's like, I'm going with you to get mom, it's like. Terrible choice. Don't let her. Like, yeah. You you are the parent. You don't have to take what would you're taking her into what is a hazard zone after you just rescued her from one. She is in fact not useful. There will be other able-bodied adults, at least some of them, when you arrive on the scene to the station. You do actually have to do a little extra. It's not just enough to show up and pull somebody out of the rubble and say you're a hero. When that person probably could have got out of the rubble on their own. So I, I think yeah. this is a movie that is do not do not be fooled by just like effort guised as in the in the disguise of heroism. Actually look for real effort. Actually reward real effort. Like when you know your friend dates a shitty guy for a while and then she's like dating people again and she's mm-hmm. like he asks me about my day and you're like, I fucking hope so. Yeah. Is that what we're staking a marriage on now? Is that like, he's decent to you? Don't accept decent demand more and better for yourself. I like it. I think that's a great, a great ethos to take from this. This couple is ready to get back into like, they're like, Oh, our marriage is fixed. It's like, no, no, no. You have a lot of work to do that. You think this moment is going to patch over all your problems. It's not. You have to keep working. You need to demand more and better. Yeah. I like it. I agree. I, so sort of, and I'm going to take you on a journey, Jordan. Okay. So initially I was like, is this a movie? The vibes I'm getting from this movie, (laughs) the things that stuck out to me was that the only two real characters who died were of course the guy that Haley Lee Richardson has a crush on. Yeah. And Logan, the threat to his marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, is this a movie? This almost, <clears throat> if this were a movie not starring Casper Van Dien, yeah. I'd be like, ah, this is actually the tornado is acting on behalf of the protagonist mm-hmm. to protect the virtue of the women in his family. Mm-hmm. This is very clearly a tornado as extension of the man seeing the women as uh, protecting the sexual virtue of the women in his mm-hmm. life. hundred percent. But then I was like, but it's Casper Van Dien and he's too progressive for that. It can't possibly be that this is about the Christian family structure and the idea of a man as protector of virtue. Mm-hmm. What this could be though mm. is a criticism. <laughs> oh, it's a criticism. The Christian family structure and the idea of man as the protector of women's virtues. Ah. As evidenced by the fact that he doesn't do much. Yeah. He doesn't actually do any of those things. This is almost the fantasy of the Christian 
this is the, this is the fantasy world of that sort of Christian ideal. Yeah. And I think it's a critical take on that. <laughs> I think that Casper is actually criticizing that entire structure by showing us how false it is, by showing mm. us at the end that the house maybe from the front yard looks fine. Yeah. But when we see the back, it is severely damaged. That house it's is not true. habitable. The foundation of their marriage is not habitable. No, it is not. It does not matter how many how many sexual threats you let the tornado take. Yeah. yeah. That is not truly the message of this film. The message of this film is that that is a lie. So that's what I think this movie is about. I think it's actually Casper Van Dien very smartly mm. criticizing what a lesser film would endorse. What, did, what a Dean Kane film. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So that's really the journey I went on with this yeah. film. As such, I don't have fantasy casting because first of all, I don't think you can top Casper Van Dien in anything. No. Nor can you top 2022's It Girl, Haley Lee Richards. <laughs> no, you cannot. You can't. You can't do that. I mean, like, I'm sorry. What other White Lotus actor are you going to put in there? Yeah, right? no, no, no. No, that's the Aubrey Plaza is not going in there. No, Aubrey Plaza. Love Aubrey Plaza. She couldn't have done this. No, the she the only the only where you could put her is station producer. Yes. As the exact same character, same accent, same everything, but just Aubrey Plaza doing like a freakish version of it. Yeah. Where you would kind of think deep down she enjoyed watching Logan die. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't actually believe she has remorse. I think she kind of liked it. But no, I I think, you know, this is one of those times where you don't touch it. You leave it as is. You let it, you let this gem just, you know, sit. It's not a great gem, but it's a decent yeah. one. Do you have any fantasy casting tour? No, I don't. I'm so happy to see Haley here. Yeah. I love Casper. Ride it out with them. Um, and hey, Maddie Deutsch, good bonus. Yeah. Great stuff. I, I truly like I, I did not know that's who that was. Now that makes me appreciate everything, all the work she put into that role. Because <laughs> she played she was playing a character who had never heard of weather in her life, but was working for a weather team, which I really liked that for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big it's a big learning day for her. Yeah. Which, you know, you, you always need to have somebody as the exposition character. And boy, was she. <laughs> so, so how many towering yeah. infernos then? You know, I'm going to give it a two. OK. I, I'm same, same. Yeah, not my favorite. I, it is. It's it not. Is, a, I'm not giving it a disrespectful two, but just like no. hey, it's a two. It's a two. The thing is, is that it's such a weak assortment of Christmas. Like, when will we get our Christmas movie renaissance? Yeah, or disaster movies. True. QVC has 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 Christmas movies now. Where is Sci Fi wow. Channel? Yeah, yeah, Where, that's a great question. Give me like we're getting Violent Night with Santa. I want Santa. Dealing with global warming. Yeah. You know? I want Santa dealing with an animal made too big by environmental damage. What if Rudolph suddenly becomes, uh, I don't know, giant and rabid? Yeah. Like reindeer of unusual sizes versus Santa. Hell yeah. A rabid polar bear eating all of his elves. Yeah. There you go. I just, we can, I think, this is sort of a, it was fine by necessity. Yeah. But I think that we can have a broader world of disaster movies (laughs) for Christmas. I agree. we should have that. I think we deserve it. I agree. Well, next week, Jordan, we're taking a vacation. 
a much deserved vacation between Christmas and New Year's because yes. you're out of town. Uh, my brain has essentially turned into cottage cheese. <laughs> so we're going to take a break for a week. All right. But in the new year, we will be back with ice spiders. Ice when, spiders. Ice spi- I mean, what a, what a lot to look forward to, you guys. When a young ski team training for the Olympics arrives at the remote and isolated Lost Mountains Ski Resort to focus on training, they're thrilled to find a retired Olympic skier is there to help them train. But their plans are halted when a scientist working at a nearby government lab arrives with the horrifying news that a top-secret government project has produced giant spiders and they have escaped, killing and eating everything in sight. Terrible situation, you guys. God, you know, the the lack of government oversight for these ice spiders is just going to be, I'm sure, terrible. But that's also available, rentable on the usual suspects. Um, And in terms of who that stars, we've got Patrick Muldoon. (laughs) Great. Yeah, sure. A Vanessa Williams, but not the Vanessa Williams. Oh, tricky, tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, not the same. Which is disappointing with love of Vanessa Williams disaster movie. God, (laughs) yes. I think she would really sink her teeth into that. She would bring the camp. Oh, yeah. No, we need, God, we need that in our lives. And yeah, that's, uh, I don't, I don't know that I recognize anyone else. um, But the director is one of, he's done quite a few uh, disaster movies. Okay. Tibor Takak. I don't know. I'm saying that name wrong. Um, and I feel like we have seen other movies from him. Maybe we haven't. But it looks like he's <laughs> maybe we haven't. But he's done Destruction Los Angeles, Mega Snake. If we haven't, Tornado, yet, New we York will. City, Tornado Terror. Yeah. No, there's definitely a lot of these that we could do. Um, and honestly, love that for us. Thrilled for us. Yeah. Let's yeah. get into this Tibor cinematic universe. He did Sabrina Goes to Rome. <laughs> with well, Melissa, yeah, the with Melissa Joan Hart. Oh yeah, and he did. Yeah, he did the the original made for TV movie with Melissa Joan Hart, and then he did Sabrina Goes to Rome. So we're getting quality here, guys. Wow. Okay, I'm psyched. Oh, I knew I knew his name from somewhere. He did Black Hole, the oh, one where St. Louis okay. gets sucked into a black hole, and it had uh, Christy Swanson, Judd Nelson. That's right. Oh yeah, Couldn't and it's got the ener- with the Swanson. energy monster. The energy monster is like eating all the energy. Yeah, from in the and then there's the black hole. Yeah, I hate that one. So. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. Mm. So I can't wait for ice spiders with Olympic skiers. <laughs> We're gonna get so many good. I can't wait for the sequences of of people badly skiing away from spiders. Oh yeah, that uh, that's gonna be a great outrunning danger. Yeah, se- sequence looking forward to it. So we got that coming up. Um, that will be, we'll probably throw up, like I'll throw up ash fall or something for next week for the 28th. That's always, and then, that's always a good fallback. Yeah, I might like throw up an old, an old one that if you guys haven't heard it before, like check it out. And then coming back in the new year for January, 2023, dear God. Um, Jesus. God, we've been doing this since 2019, Jordan. That is crazy. Yeah. 2019. We started the summer 2019. We started this and now, we're rolling right on into January 2023. My God. Yeah. It's amazing. It's Oh, just, my God. Yeah. I, I really was like, cool. If we get like five episodes out of this, I'll be thrilled. <laughs> and now we have top-notch, world-class disaster diva Paul Feig as a guest, basically a, a guest host. Yeah. No, we've got, we've got like rotating third chair host. Paul Feig. 
Yeah, Paul. We've got Paul Van Lathan Jr. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, Jamel's gonna come back for another episode. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, we the the who's who of guests we have had. Truly, I genuinely still can't believe that. So. We've got, yeah, I mean, obviously Ice Spiders is not going to be with the guests, but we do have a bunch of fun guests lined up for the coming year. Yes, you guys, obviously we are going to cover Cocaine Bear. That debuts, oh, yeah. that's at the end of February. We're going to cover Cocaine Bear. Yes, we have seen the trailer for 65. Yes, we are both extremely excited to watch Adam Driver fight dinosaurs. Yeah, cannot like, cannot wait for that to be the, the disaster girls movie of 2023. Oh, uh, God. I mean, I love that there is comp- there is potential competition for it because <laughs> could be Cocaine Bear, could be 65. There's so right, much abundance. 65. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like 65 with Adam Driver and dinosaurs. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. Like you said, megafauna v. megafauna. And that comes a couple of weeks after Cocaine Bear. Our cup runneth over. Wow. What a, what a kickoff to the year. Yeah. So like in terms of timeline, Cocaine Bear is um the last week of february 65 is march 10th wow i know big doings yeah so if we are not at the premiere for either of those guys god i I don't know what to say we we we, we apparently don't know as many people in this town as we thought we did so this is we're gonna we're officially gonna start our lobbying now anybody wants to join in just start cyberbullying any of those twitter accounts to get us I don't know how else you do it. I guess you like contact publicists and go the yeah. approved route. Seems very formal. Yeah. Just like, I'm sure that the social media person definitely has approval on the guest lists. <laughs> so anyway, that's, so we'll be back next week with our, in two weeks with ice spiders, but big stuff coming in 2023 gang. Looking here. forward to it. Jordan, in the meantime, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JorCrew, J-O-R-C-R-U. Um, and you can find the Feeling Seen pod, Feeling Seen uh, on Maximum Fun. There are there are episodes of Ots Tyrion waiting for you, as well as the whole movie podcast. So you can dive into any of those. Excellent stuff. And who doesn't want to have four to five hours of Jordan in their ear every day or every week or every day or every day? You can or do every day. every day. You really can. Yeah. You honestly probably there's so much there's an abundance of Jordan out there. Yeah. Um, I am Amanda Smith says on Twitter. That's the place where you can find me. Mm-hmm. I do not have as many podcasts as Jordan. Um, unless you need to buy fine jewelry, in which case I guess, you know, hit me up. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah truly. Honestly, I've got a sales goal to make. Um, and then of course we are disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disaster girls pod on Instagram since we need to have some backups in place because Indeed. God knows what's redundancies. Happening. Yeah. It, as of, as of recording, we're not allowed to promote that, promote our Instagram on Twitter. So <laughs> that's really how things Jesus. are going at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we're disaster girls pod at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, please take a few minutes to rate and review us. Give us those five stars. Give us a, write a review. We love it. Oh, wait, shit. Hold on. I forgot something and I'm going to have to move this in the episode because people are going to miss this. Jordan, very important update. What? Did you know who the director of Threads is? No. Okay. I'm I'm just going to record this on my phone (laughs) so I can watch you have this reaction. So. I can't believe you're giving me Threads facts right now. Yes. So the reason I'm giving you Threads facts is because John, John, uh, 
the reason I'm giving you the threads facts is because John Perry, one of our listeners, messaged us on Twitter and said, did you know that the director of, don't you look it up, Jordan, the director of threads is Mick Jackson, who also directed Volcano. Would like our volcano? Yeah. Like the volcano? Like the volcano. He made, he made threads in like, he had you, when did that, was it the 80s? Was it the 90s? No. Threads was that, the 80s. Gonna be the eight. That man made the realest disaster movie of all time. And then he, was he just like, was he so despairing? That he was like, what have I done to myself? I now need <laughs> to make Volcano. He you didn't even volcano? make Dante's Peak. The realer of the two Volcano superstar movies of the late 90s. He directed Volcano? He also directed The Bodyguard. What the fuck? <laughs> Now you can look up Mick Jackson's IMDb page. That is un like what did he realize what he was <laughs> doing? Like which which one of the I want to know which one of those movies Mick Jackson would tell you is most representative of him as a filmmaker. Like what is honestly what does you know he that- look at and say like that was me to my boat? Fuck, he directed LA Story? Yes. When you know that question of like who wow. is the journeyman director? Yeah, it's Mick Jackson. Immediately what popped into my head. It's Mick Jackson. Wow. This is Tuesdays with Morris? <laughs> He is the okay. That the I man thought, who did threads. I just saw traffic and it says TV movie, but I was like, that can't be traffic. Like, <laughs> which like that that man was not in contention for those Oscars. The Bodyguard, L.A. Story, Threads. Wow. Yeah. This is crazy. So there we have Mick Jackson is maybe the lifeblood of this podcast. That is so shocking. <laughs> a, a, an episode, some numbers. He directed numbers, a little bit of that. He directed the TV movie, The Temp- Temple Grandins, starring Claire Danes. Sure. What an eclectic career. Yeah. So just, you know, from Threads to Volcano. That is I have to believe, because it looks like his career gets started in directing with TV in like 1973, and then Threads is 1984. After that, was he just like, never again? Was he like, I'm so poisoned from having made Threads, I need to, I need to make LA's story. Yeah, a, a light, frothy film. Written by Steve Martin himself. Wow. That is truly weird, wild stuff. There you go. That so, Thank you, listener. 
Thank you, um, listener. Yeah. So this for was alerting us to this. This was the original message from John. Hello, Amanda and Jordan. I'm a new listener, but I have so thoroughly enjoyed your podcast that I've made a sizable dent in your content. I'm a former history professor and taught threads in a war in society in 20th century Europe. Yeah. And I did my best to prepare the students for this film. And I would say the class was divided with half being super interested by it, like Jordan. And the other half of the class had a reaction more like Amanda. <laughs> but threads was directed by Mick Jackson, who also directed Volcano. So if there's any reason to watch the movie, that could possibly be it. It's so strange how you went from threads to Volcano. Yes. To which I was like, oh, my God. This is Amanda. Please do not mention this anywhere. I need to tell Jordan. I need to watch her have this reaction. It is this is insane. How like he directed like the movie for you that shall not speak its name. Yeah, and volcano. He directed one of my favorite movies of all time, and yeah. also the one of the few movies I have definitively said I will never in my existence watch. Yeah, unbelievable. He work. did both. This man, Mick Jackson, did both. Great stuff, Mick Jackson. That's a talent. That's yeah. range. So that that is now we can fully sign off. But oh my god, yeah, no, that that was important for Disaster Girls' archival purposes. Absolutely. So, Ice Spider is not directed by Mick Jackson, but in the meantime, gang, be good. Have a happy new year. And we'll see y'all back uh, in a couple weeks. Happy holidays, everybody. Bye. Wow. Unbelievable, right?